Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Vanessa Angel, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Live long and prosper. Bad feeling about this. Never turning away from things that I want to believe in. This is going to get pretty interesting. Define interest. Oh God, oh God, we're all going to die? Only try to realize the truth. There is no spoon. For a little while. You are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. And now, from the end of the universe, bringing you the latest in science fiction movies and television shows, here are your hosts. You sound pretty dead sexy. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, a place where we are geeking out on tons of great science fiction. We have an awesome show tonight, don't we, Miles? Yes, we do. We do, indeed. My name is Great Scott, and Miles is with us. Go ahead, Miles, introduce yourself since I just introduced you already. Hello. Hello. Hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. Welcome, Miles, to the show. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, it is great to be back and discussing science fiction. We have a great show lined up tonight. We have an exciting guest. We have Mary from DVD Geeks, the DVD Geek Vixen with us. Uh, and she's going to be discussing surrogates with us. You're going to hear her pop in in just a little bit. We also have just a little bit of news because we want to devote most of our evening to surrogates and talking about whatever we feel like talking about. In news, we're going to be covering the Vampire Diaries, Flash Forward, and The Fringe, and how they're thriving. We find out that Dollhouse really needs our help, guys. Really needs our help. SGU rocks the ratings. Uh, zombie comedy, of course, the zombie comedy earns a top spot this weekend at the box office. Do we even care that G.I. Joe's coming out on DVD? We'll talk about that. And we obviously are going to end up talking about surrogates and what is up with Siler Miles. We're going to be talking about that a little bit later on. So excellent, excellent show we've lined up and uh, we'll just see how everything goes. I think it's just cool that we have a girl on the show tonight. I know, I know, because, you know, we had that one time. One time mm-hmm. in our Potter file show, and uh, that was it. Right. I, I think I think it just goes the same miles that girls stay away from us. That that could be, um, and and not many girls are maybe as into sci-fi as we are. Ooh, girls, you're gonna have to call in and prove that what Miles said might be wrong. So you'll I hope to, I'm wrong. Yeah, you'll just have to let us know if you're listening to the show and you're a girl. Please call. Let us know that. We are not meaning anything by that, but, you know, we just need verification of that because, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we have that all happening tonight. It's going to be an exciting time. We are looking forward to it. We just want to thank everyone that's been an active part of the community. We've had tons of feedback on the, not going to say the forums. We don't have a forums. But uh, uh, in response to the show notes, if you want to find out more what's happening in the show, get much more detail than we ever give you here in this podcast, you can go to the scifidinerpodcast.com and read that respond to it and become part of the community there also want to thank those of you who contributed to our surrogates discussion as you're going to hear a little bit later on and also answered the trivia even though we had a debacle with the trivia we are going to apologize for that and explain kind of what happened in just a little bit and if you really love this show and enjoy listening to what we bring to you each week we would really appreciate if you do two things first of all your reviews on itunes would be would be a blessing to us. We would absolutely love to have you do that. And secondly, the 2009 Podcast Awards, located at podcastawards.com, are now open until October 18th. If you like this show, we're asking that you nominate us in two categories, the entertainment category and the people's choice categories. And so you have to that time to, to kind of vote us in and say, hey, we we like this show. You got to pay attention to this podcast, and uh, we would just absolutely really appreciate that. So it'd be a totally cool thing. Please do. Yeah, please do. Let's move into our trivia, Miles, and uh, oh. we have our. Let's start with I guess our trivia that we had last week. The prize for this was a Batman Beyond movie, but uh, as we're going to be talking about, we are not giving that away this week, and we're going to explain why. Go ahead. Tell us the trivia question. Let's start with that. Okay. We asked last week, uh, it was a dollhouse trivia, 
when Dollhouse creator Joss Whedon first tried to contact Eliza Dushku about doing the show, what was she doing? And the answer that we had was what? Well, you could always trust the internet. I don't know. Hunt, hunting elk with Penny. And Penny was the guy she was dating, I believe a ball player of some sort. Now, it is very true that she did hunt elk with Penny. However, mm-hmm. however, uh, in the information that we had pu- where we had pulled this trivia question from was askmen.com. I guess maybe that should have been my uh, clue right there uh, because they are not necessarily an entertainment or Whedon-esque site. But it seemed uh, to be solid. So, you know, we, we gave the trivia question out. And, uh, you know, had and I posted on Twitter and then we had some people kind of respond back, you know, and I and I seem to have heard this information as well. Uh, the answer they said, this is really a trick question is what people were telling me, because it was not Joss who ca- who contacted Eliza. It was Eliza who contacted Joss and they did it over like beer and fries or beer and wings, or something like that, you know, you know, as she kind of pitched in the idea. And so <laughs> that was an answer. And we're going to have URL both to the Ask Men article and the other article that kind of tells the real story. And the, the, I guess the other story that's, that's been verified uh, many times. And thanks to, of course, uh, Mike Ownby who brought that to our attention. And he said that the Ask Men's article is pure junk. They just put it together from random facts. And here's a link that tells the real story. And that link will be in the show notes. So we're sorry about that. Apologize for giving you a bogus trivia question. Yeah, and, we just got to check more. Just just check maybe just a little more carefully uh, uh, about that sort of thing. It happens, but it happens. Uh, but congrats to uh, Baron Jones and Mike Ownby who answered the question correctly, even though we gave the wrong question. They didn't answer it with the uh, while she was hunting. They answered it with the right answer. Whatever. Mm. So that's our debacle and trivia this week. Let's uh, move on into our trivia question for this upcoming week. So we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. All right. right. Go ahead. Let's let's do our trivia question that's coming up this week. Okay. Well, since we are going to be talking about movie surrogates and that relates to robots, this is an appropriate uh, question for this week. Who is the author of the novel I, Robot? Yeah. And it's no secret that, of course, I, Robot was a movie. But before that, it was a novel. And some people may or may not know this if you're listening to the show. If you're Mm -hmm. really – Sci-fi geek, you will though, and you're gonna. Prove you will it. gain lots of geek cred. Yeah, no not purpose. not only not only in the movie world, but in the literary world. Yes. Yeah, we are giving away the prize of the Justice League original movie, and so if you want to own that copy, or even if you just want to write in and not really take the copy, whatever you want, please uh, let us know what the answer is. The author of iRobot. You can let us know by calling one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. You can email us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail dot com. Or contact the Sci-Fi Diner at at Sci-Fi Diner in Twitter, and uh, we would be happy to hear your thoughts, your answers to this trivia question. And you can prove it, prove your geek cred, most assuredly, most mm-hmm. assuredly. All right, we're going to take a short break, and uh, after the break, we'll be right back with some Sci-Fi news. What is Stranger Things? Stranger Things is the world's first science fiction anthology series syndicated on the internet, shot and released in high definition for free. How is this possible? Welcome to the cutting edge, says Chris Miller, co-founder of Patio Books. This is great online entertainment, says Michael R. Meningay of Farpoint Media. J.C. Hutchins, author of Seventh Son, says Earl Newton and his crew are out of their minds. Stranger Things is a mini masterpiece playing right there on your screen. There are stranger things in heaven and earth than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Go to StrangerThings.tv and find out just how strange... Your world can be. Welcome back to the Sci Fi Diner Podcast. We have 
a lot of good news happening, and we are going to try and do it really quick, quick, quickly, because we have, of course, uh, Mary from DVD Geeks joining us in just a few moments. But before we, before she joins us, we're going to start off with some sci-fi TV news in our 10, 10 at 10, which will be more like to 5, 5, and 5. Go ahead, Miles. Okay, uh, th- this makes me happy. Uh, Flash Forward, Vampire Diaries, uh, and Fringe retain their ratings power. Woohoo! Yes. Uh, Flash Forward, I love the show so far, has retained its number one position as the most popular series on Thursday night, having drawn 10.8 million viewers overall. It dropped 8% from its premiere, but that was enough to give the competition a chance to take the lead. Uh, Vampire Diaries, not a show I'm watching, but it's still uh, it's still out there and uh, retaining its popularity, pulling 3.5 million viewers to Neb's second spot in its 8 p.m. time slot. And Supernatural held firm with 2.6 million viewers in its wake. Fringe pulled in uh, 6.2 million viewers, which was an improvement over the last week, but not enough to drag it from its fourth position in, in its time slot. Fox are claiming they're happy with this given that the network's performance is now higher on a Thursday night than last year thanks to scheduling Fringe on that night. TV by the numbers, who have uh, proven remarkably accurate in the past, don't share that view. Listing Fringe as one of Fox's scripted shows now in some danger of not being renewed for a third season. Yeah, I I, uh, I think that the uh, TV by numbers is kind of full of pooey. Because you can't tell me that Fringe is in danger of not being renewed. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I would agree. Its numbers may be lower, but I think that Fox, what Fox is saying here is they're over all night together with Bones and everything else that's showing on Fox at night. Overall, their ratings have gained Thursday night, and so they've gained ground Thursday night. So even though Fringe isn't doing well... Um, Fox's network is doing better on a Thursday night. So, I mean, if Fox is satisfied, that means they'll keep the show going. Yeah, you would you would think. And, you know, they don't have much else going on Thursday night that would even be even come close. Even though they're coming forward, you know, this is the show that Bones, I guess, I don't know what I don't know what Bones is rating because it's not genre, but but I I don't know. But, you know, we got some more news. Why don't before we talk too much more about this, we have some more news that kind of came in just today about uh time-shifted ratings. Go ahead. Okay, well, um, Vampire uh, and uh, Fringe got big boost uh, from DVR ratings. The two shows show the biggest gains when DVR viewing is taken. Uh, CW, again, this year is showing significant gains. Uh, Vampire Diaries, 2.1 adults, 18 to 49 range uh, rating, was the largest gainer of the week, rising 31% of Melrose Place, 1.3, and Fox's Fringe, 3.9. Both lose, both rose uh, 80, uh, 30%. Yeah, so I mean... It goes to show that Fox is paying attention to the time shifted ratings, maybe a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be interesting to see if Dollhouse got the same or got any rise at all, because you know Dollhouse, of course, has been not doing real well. I have to think with Dollhouse. I mean, yeah, maybe there aren't as many people watching it, but there's got to be people um, recording on DVR or um, uh, TiVo or something because. Uh, you know, Friday nights, most people aren't watching TV. They're out doing something. Oh, absolutely. Anyways, this is very good for Fringe. Have you been keeping up with Fringe? Um, I, I'm, I need to catch up. Uh, okay. I, I, I mean, I watched the first two episodes. Uh, I didn't get last week's. Okay. But you are keeping up with Flash Forward. I am keeping up with Flash Forward, Smallville, and uh, Heroes. Yeah, so these are all very good shows. And we'll probably talk about them in a little bit. In other news, sci-fi. Uh, in other sci-fi news, good for sci-fi or the Siffy Channel. Stargate Universe debut beat Dollhouse on Friday. Now, why is this significant? You may ask. One is on cable, and the other was on a, net- a network television. You kind of expect a cable show to be a little bit less as far as the premiere goes, or as far as an audience goes, don't you, Miles? You would think. Yeah. Anyways, it debuted Friday as the network's best franchise premiere in four years. So it seems that what they're saying here, and they don't actually come out and say this, but it beat Warehouse 13. And Warehouse 13, if you remember, broke records for for the SIFI channel, right? Right. Drawing in 2.3 million viewers and beating Fox's Dollhouse, but trailing CW Smallville. You know, okay, whatever. CGO took in, SGU took in 1.7 million. The 1.7 household rating, the newest series in the Stargate franchise, attracted 1.32 million adults ages 25 to 54 and 1.12 million adults 18 to 49. They said it's the best performance for a Stargate franchise season premiere on Sci-Fi since season two of Stargate Atlantis. It is the best performance for a Friday series premiere since Battlestar Galactica debuted in January 9th 
of January 14, 2005, and Stargate Universe's 2.3 million total viewers surpassed the 2.1 million total viewers that watched Dollhouse on Fox at 9 p.m. So that's obviously really good for uh, SGU. And it is, you know, it's, it's really, it has a potential there. It has a potential. I'm yeah, looking I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, uh, it was good. It was definitely good. But let's talk about Dollhouse since we've kind of been skirting the issue. Dollhouse, you've been keeping up with Dollhouse, right, Miles? Yes, I have. Yeah, and, and you know, the second episode was better than the first. Hands mm-hmm. down. we uh, At least I liked it. I think you liked it better than the first. Oh, I, I would agree. And we kind of said that this show still maybe isn't up to par where we want it to be. Uh, we want we want more from it, I think, is what people are saying. But if you are an avid Dollhouse watcher and um, – Miles, you've been following Twitter, right? Yes. If you've been watching Twitter, it's obvious that the cast to Twitter – and the people who kind of surround that cast are a bit concerned. What do you see happening on Twitter, Miles? Well, I, what I see is that um, the cast is trying to um, take up the cause to keep the show going. I mean, they're you know, encouraging the fans out there, you know, if you like this show, you know, this is what you got to do to help keep it going. Yeah, and they're saying stuff like, you know, even if you watched it on television, you know, go to Hulu and have it running in the background while you're doing something else just so that you can get more ratings. There, it sounds like there's a lot of concern. And, in fact, this week they kind of launched a, a propaganda site, they're calling it, and it's called whyiwatch.com. You can find this at, and we'll put the link in the show notes. But if you go there, it is talking about why people watch Dollhouse, why it's so good, and they're trying to really push to kind of get these numbers up. The reality is 2.1 is lower than where Terminator ended last, uh, last spring and Terminator was canceled. And Dollhouse Ouch. was and Dollhouse was kind of on the edge. I mean, it, right. it, they renewed it, but it was an edge. And um, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if Fox is saying, eh, "Do we, you know, take the wrong gamble?" So it, it, it really is up to the fans to kind of redeem the show. I, I would agree, and it's. I mean, even now that you have the cast, you know, getting out in the public, you know, well on the web and trying to say, you know, do what you can to save the show. It sounds like almost like a, a guerrilla marketing. Um, plan yeah and they're still trying to save terminator by the way <laughs> there's still a, there's still a movement to kind of put that afoot we'll see what happens i hope they do I, I'm, I'm i was sorry terminator went off there yeah and the question is can you get the original cast back if you do that i don't know they've kind of moved on to, to other things that's going to be a tough one it will be a tough one let's move into some uh anything else in television we should be talking about before we jump into movies here no, I think we've said enough. Yeah, that's good. These are the shows we're watching. This is the news that came across that we're interested in. Uh, if you're interested in other TV shows that you're watching, genre shows we are not talking about, let us know. Of course, Sanctuary is going to be premiering this Friday, and we'll be talking about that. We didn't talk about Clone Wars. Did you watch Clone Wars at all? That's something else I need to catch up on. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm going to be honest, Miles, and maybe Miles Say is here. I have... I have decided there are some shows I'm probably not going to watch no matter how much I want to. One of them is going to be Smallville, and I hear Smallville's good. And I just I just don't know how I'm going to watch it. Flash Forward is another one that I'm kind of on the fence about. If I have time, I want to catch up on it, but I'm behind already. I'm behind in Clone Wars. I just don't see how I'm going to keep up with all the genre shows I really want to keep up with. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar position. I mean, um, uh, go, going to school full-time and then, you know, going home on weekends, try to spend time with the family. It's it's hard to you know get, you know I mean I could watch an hour of TV a day is you know just to get, to get it in. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's tough. All right, let's move on into some uh, sci-fi movies. We really have one piece of news here with the sci-fi movie news. Miles, it is it, what topped the box office this weekend? Uh, Zombieland. Zombieland tops the box office with weekend ticket sales of uh, twenty-five million. I'm going to uh, eat your brains, Miles. Not if I not if I shoot you first. Ooh, that would tickle. Go ahead. I, I, I mean, I have a guilty pleasure for zombie movies. Oh, zombie, okay. Zombieland has stormed the box office with weekend ticket sales of uh, twenty five million, giving Woody Harrelson his biggest uh, North American box office opening of his career. The weekend saw the zombie comedy tip uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs from number one spot. It had a hell for two weeks, no doubt helped by a wave of positive reviews. The result bodes well for Zombieland, given that it has yet to be released in the majority of its planned territories. While Zombieland performed well, surrogates and Pandorum's woes continued. Their already poor performance was 
bolstered by a drop in ticket sales of 50.7% and 56.5% respectively. Domestically, Surrogates has pulled $26 million from a budget of $80 million and Pandorum $7.8 million from a budget of $40 million. Both movies are struggling to turn back their budgets. And I'm more interested in what we're saying here at the end in light of what we're talking about tonight, but Surrogates is not doing well at the box office. Which is a shame. Yeah, but but let's talk about Zombieland. Zombieland, a movie you're going to see or maybe rent? I'll, I'll probably wait to I'll probably wait to rent it. Yeah, yeah, zombie comedy. So that's a new genre, I guess. Not so. Shaun of the Dead was kind of like that. But did you see Shaun? Did you see Shaun of the Dead? I did. I thought it was great. <laughs> you know, I just never got into zombies movies. Although, let me say this: I'm a total fan of the Resident Evil movies, and they're zombie mm-hmm. movies, right? I'm now that those I have not seen either. Yeah, well, and wasn't uh, you know I am Legend also kind of that? That was kind of that kind of they were kind of zombies. Yeah, so I'm enjoying some of that genre. I'm just not like ooh zombie movie. Let's go zombie apocalypse now. Not not my cup of tea. No, I saw I think it was the original Dawn of the Dead a couple times. It was made back in the late seventies. Uh, the cult classic. Oh, in some uh, sci-fi DVD news, we're going to mention this. The plan, of course, is still coming out October 27th. Please go visit our website and buy that movie. It's going to be awesome. Uh, full yes. details. I'm going to try and put the full details of that in our notes this week because I got the full details. Kind of, They released them on the Sci-Fi Wire, and I just didn't put them in the notes. But G.I. Joe, The Rise of the Cobra is going to hit DVD and Blu-ray on November 3rd, 2009, just a little less than a month away. Uh, Miles, do you even care? Um, yes, I, 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 I would have liked to have seen it, but just, just I had to be pick and choose what, what to see this summer. So I look forward to watching it. Yep. And, uh, the, you know, Blu-ray and DVD is going to include the digital copy of the film commentary by Stephen Summers and uh, producer. Um, going to have the making of Jaya Joe, the Big Bang Theory. Um, uh, look how they turned uh, popular action figures into a summer blockbuster, et cetera, et cetera. There's just tons of information. We're going to give a lot more of that on the website. I don't think there's anything too much notable. Um, they just talk about the, the the effects they use and so on like that. I did have a chance to see this movie. It was a good watch. Mm-hmm. Not the best movie of the summer for me. And, uh, and maybe part of what tapered it is I was not a huge G.I. Joe watcher growing up because of my okay. lack of television. I mean, I knew who G.I. Joe was. I probably saw an episode or so, but um, these characters, in a sense, were new to me. Did you, hmm. grow, up, did you grow up with G.I. Joe? I was a little too old to be playing with the toys, but I did like the comic books, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit I watched the, you know, the cartoon when it was on. So, yeah, I have a pretty good, you know, I, I probably know who, who most of the characters are. Yeah. And still playing in the cheap theaters, I noticed. Yeah. As is Star Trek, uh, Star Trek was still in the dollar theaters. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think 22nd week, 23rd week, are still, still, still going strong. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It is certainly the biggest grossing Star Trek movie of all time. But what does that mean for it? Is it the best? That's a question people are still asking and debating. Well, of course, we're going to be talking more about that in November when it's released. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it again on DVD. Yeah, yeah we're going to try. We'll have to try and get Dayton Ward on. Maybe Televixen. Get him on the same show. Now that that would be a show. That would be a show. We're going to have to talk to them about it. So mm-hmm. see if uh, Mary would be willing to come and do that. But anything Please. else with DVD news? Any DVDs that you're watching? The, no. The last uh, thing I saw when we talked about last week was uh, uh, Wolverine uh, oh, yeah. X Men Origins. Um, yeah. So, but that that was quite good. I encourage people if you haven't seen it, go see it. You, you will be entertained. Yeah, I'm watching Chuck. Okay, I started the very first episode and I liked it. Jane was in it, not Jane. Uh, Adam Baldwin, uh, just right. great, phenomenal, and uh, loved the guy that plays Chuck. It was a good opening. It's a good opening uh, episode, and I, of course, that's all the further I got. But. Now you will be happy with me though. I, I uh, Netflixed um, Fringe, so I got the first. Go- First DVD. I haven't. I'm gonna start watching. You know, for season one also. Oh, good. Get caught up. Get caught up with that, and then uh, move into season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good, and it got better as you went along in season uh, two. There, you can of course get the fringe DVDs off of our Amazon store, mysci-fi-store.com, which we mentioned we have a store, but we didn't give the URL to that. If there is any other news that you want to let us know that, uh, that you would like us to talk about or questions you have for us about the shows or what we think about it, let us know. All right. I believe Mary is calling here. 
Hello? Hi, this is Mary. Hey, Mary, this is Scott. How, hey, how are you? I'm good. Great. Hey, let me uh, let me add Miles in on the call here. All right, sounds good. Miles, you there? I am here. Hey, Miles. Hi, Mary. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, nice talking with you. Yeah. So, how do you guys do this? Do you um, you record it and then um, you edit it down later, or you just kind of go? Well, we just kind of go, but I do go back and edit it and make it uh, sound a little bit more beautiful than than what we <laughs> sound, than what we sound. So if we end up rabbit trailing or totally messing it up and say let's redo that, you know, we 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 have sure, that, we, we have that option. Is See, that, we don't have that option on DVD geeks because we go at seven, you know, and whatever comes out of our mouths is what ends up on the air because <laughs> we're that, live. Yeah, that is yeah. live. But then you do release a podcast feed. For yeah, and then we podcast it, but we don't really change anything unless there's something we have to edit out for whatever reason. So. Uh, okay. Now, is DVD yeah. geeks on the? They're on the radio also, right? Yeah. You guys are yeah. Radio? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that is that an, like an XM station that's on, or is that like? Um, it's actually just an internet radio station that's based here in Chicago, and. Um, it was my idea. We were a TV show to begin with, and um, I had known this girl who had a, a sex advice show on that station, and I was like, you know, we should really spin DVD Geeks off into a radio show, and then they do the podcast for us and set everything up. Oh, good. Well, that makes it easy for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how many people are involved with DVD Geeks? Um, there's five hosts, um, and John's the producer, so we kind of rotate. Which is nice because then you have uh, a difference of opinion every week, um, a variety of people who like different genres. Um, but I'm really the only person who specializes in TV on DVD, which is why I, they, they came up with the name Televixen for me. Uh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, so they came up for, with that name for you. Well, yeah. it was kind of one of these things when we had the TV show, we shot the pilot episode, we were calling me TV Vixen, and then we're like, Televixen, that just makes sense to put yeah. it together. And this was back in like 2005, so this has been around a while right. um, as a TV show. And then the uh, podcast and radio show is only a year old, just over a year old. Right, right. And, uh, and what, uh, what is the uh, internet radio station if people would want to tune into that? Uh, fearlessradio.com. Fearless okay. mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And they can find DVD Geeks where? Uh, DVDgeeks.tv. There you go. Well, that's easy enough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's go in and talk a little bit, uh, since we have you here, let's talk a little bit about surrogates. Sure. Uh, since uh, we all saw that in uh, a movie that's been out now, what, two, three weeks? And mm-hmm. uh, has not had a stellar representation at the box office. I think uh, Miles and I were just talking, it earned a total of $26 million its first two weeks at the box office and, you know, with a budget of $80 million, That's not a good return on your investment. Certainly not. Uh, no, no, certainly not. Um, but, you know, we did have some listeners that did write in, and let me just share some of our listener sure. reviews, and then I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about our first impressions of the movie of the movie and then maybe get into what we thought of the plot, maybe get into some of the questions it's kind of posing and we'll see how much time we have for it. All, all right, that. Good. Some of our listeners, Eric Seal had said, by the way, he saw surrogates last night. He loved it and loved the comic as well. So he was a fan of both. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida Lynn from surrogate uh, said surrogates, you producers owe me a manicure cause it's nail biting. So <laughs> that was hers. And then we had Hearn, who also listens to the show, commented on it, having the traditional classic sci-fi plot was kind of his comment for it. So those are those comments and some of their thoughts. Um, why don't we just go, uh, uh, we'll, we'll just kind of go around and share our thoughts. And why don't we start with you, Mary? Tell us, what was your initial impression after you uh, in seeing surrogates? Well, the weird thing about seeing surrogates is that usually I see movies that's opening weekend, and this is a movie I had waited and heard some of the bad press about it. Um, so going into it, I already had a negative impression of what it would be like, and because of that, it, I actually liked it a little bit more than I thought it would. Um, but having said that, I feel like there was a big missed opportunity here. Stylistically, it was cool. I could see how it looked probably much like a graphic novel. It had the cool futuristic effect. But I feel like it kind of failed on a couple of levels because it could have been a commentary, a social commentary, and it seemed like they touched on that in bits and pieces, um, but then didn't really go there. They went into, like, big chase scenes that seemed predictable, and it 
into action instead of delving deeper into that. And it wasn't, it didn't work for me on an emotional level either. Um, I really liked the stuff between Bruce Willis's character, Tom Greer, and his wife, Maggie, um, and sort of their disconnect. But ultimately, they could have gone further with it, and they didn't. And it ultimately became a movie that was much more about finding a weapon and, um, than, than an emotional movie. Mm-hmm. I personally like when sci-fi can do both, can work on an action level, but also have some emotional gravity. Right, right. Miles, what was your impression of the, uh, the uh, surrogates movie when you saw it with your wife, Katie? Okay, well, we saw it, and Mary, I, I think I, I'm almost in 100% agreement with you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think you know, it, it, it could have it been so much more. Um, I mean, it had the action. Uh, the robots were cool-looking, but mm-hmm. uh, they, re- they, they had a, the, the opportunity to ask some interesting questions and really go deeper with it. And they sort of did at the end, but it just it, it, it that's where it fell flat. Um, so um, I enjoyed it, but it could it could have been so much more. Definitely. Um, yeah. My thoughts on it uh, when I saw it again, I thought it was an entertaining movie. I you know again I walked out I walked out of, after seeing it saying you know what I was entertained and so it worked for me on that level. Um, I did have some problems. I felt that the plot was a big loose, a bit loose. Like they were asking me to believe stuff about the characters that I couldn't quite believe. Uh, some of the conclusions that Bruce Willis was just somehow his character Tom Greer was coming up with didn't seem believable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a problem with that. I did. I love the opening sequence. Like if they would have kept going with that thought about you know how this how humans have kind of evolved into this sort of culture and. It almost played as, as you kind of hinted, uh, Mary, as a commentary of society even now. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. one of that's one of the things that I think good sci-fi does is that you take a you take a concept, you you pa- you paint it in the future, and maybe at first it doesn't appear to be about have anything to do with our society, but underlying there's a message that really works for our society. And I thought that this movie had the potential to really drive home. Uh, a point about us about where we are as a society and where we could be heading or the dangers of it oh absolutely i mean when you think about how many of us are avatars in a sense you know we hide behind our twitter identities we can be anybody we want we're obsessed with plastic surgery and, and and the beautiful life but yet you know many of us are just sitting behind our computers and um are not the personalities we put out there or that we want to be and uh it could have been a good commentary on that i just felt like the script was was lacking. It started really strong. I love the visuals. It had a kind of Blade Runner feel. But then once they broke out into Boston and you got to see the city, it felt very backlot. It felt very cheap. It it didn't have the style of a minority report or an AI, which I liked better, or even a Matrix, you know, the original Matrix movie. Yeah. And it's very true. Very true. Mm -hmm. And I, and I agree with that. I think that the, uh, um, it does. It does kind of point that commentary of you know. I and I used to be a huge MMO player. I played World of Warcraft for way mm-hmm. too many, way too many years. Um, but you know, you you create these avatars. You create these online personas through Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, Zanga, whatever whatever site you're on. You know, friend feed. The reality is, you put out there what you want people to see. And mm-hmm. you, you, you can modify the pictures you put up there however you want. And so there's only a certain face that you allow people to see of you. And that's, uh, yeah. and so I thought that from that respect, you know, people kind of staying in their rooms and in their homes and sending the surrogates out, uh, you know, really was a commentary of, you know, kind of what we are like as a society in some way. And on that level, it worked for me. And on an emotional level, I think it was so jarring to see what his wife Maggie really looked like when you see how beautiful she is as, as a surrogate. Um, and then you see her in her bed and some of the other characters, too, who have, they just kind of are a mess in reality. Um, it had the potential to be heartbreaking, but somewhere in there it fell flat for me. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like you said, it was definitely entertaining. I would say it's a good popcorn movie. I wouldn't say it's, you know, an all right failure. I would say it's a solid C on my part. Yeah. 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 I, um, you know, my, my problem with the whole movie was Bruce Willis was hair. That was it. If he had the ability to look any way, why would you pick that? I know. Come on. Well, you know, (laughs) we're so used whenever, whenever I've seen, uh, 
in most of the movies, especially when you get into the the genre, the diehard, the you see him without hair. You know? Yeah, the, and and it, and, I, and balls I, looks, mm-hmm. he just looks better. He opinion, does, you know. Yeah. Not, not, that I, not that I have a man crush or anything, but... No, no. <laughs> what did you guys think of the, uh, the the way that the surrogates looked? Like that sort of um, Beowulf slash Polar Express kind of CGI look? I, I I thought the robots were kind of cool looking. I mean, you think like the exoskeleton sort of thing? Like uh, that, but I also mean like the, where their faces looked when they were, you know, the less cheap version. What was interesting, they, they kind of look creepy on the inside, and then they put the skin on, and they look all, you know. Glowy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was Well, it looks like they did with Bruce Willis is they kind of use that technology to smooth them out, make them look a little younger that they used in um, X-Men, um, the third X-Men movie, uh, to make Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen look, look 20 years younger. They did the same thing with uh, right. Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I thought you know if you want to take that commentary a little bit further, you could say, well, if the if the insides look creepy, what does that say about you know our our real selves behind the avatars? Definitely. <laughs> you know, are we are we creepy people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably to some degree, <laughs> but uh, um, it, you know this this movie, as we kind of said, the concept in a sense becomes more intriguing than the plot actually was. You know, Absolutely. You know, a great moral. The story really has, you know, the idea of tech being a useful tool and allows us to kind of do all sorts of amazing things. But it kind of presents the downside of new tech when people start to rely too heavily on the gadgets. Yeah, um, when people get carried away and yeah. become their real identity. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that one scene was, was very eerie when uh, everyone was on the subway train and they were all avatars and nobody was interacting. And I think that's something that we see now. I mean, people have their iPods on, they're talking on their cell phones, they're tweeting. Nobody's, you know, smiling or looking at each other in the eyes. And are we that different than the surrogates in a sense? It's, uh, it's, you know, even, even, even if we're not tweeting, we're in our homes watching television. I mean, how much, well, certainly, you know, obviously we're fans of that. How mm-hmm. much in, how much interaction is going on with the people you're watching that with, you know, when you're watching right. a show, it is kind of a, is a, a, a solitary act in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. but it, that's a very, that's a very, I think, relevant question. You know, I look mm-hmm. at my, I look at my students and, you know, I teach school and, you know, when, when, the, when, it, when the, the, the end of the day, you know, comes and the bell rings, you know, every, every practically 90% of the students whip out their cell phones and they're texting, walking down the hall, <laughs> you know? Yep. It's, uh, did you notice, go ahead. Oh, did you notice um, they had every now and then you see people getting? I forget what it was called, but they're getting recharged. Um, I just call I, it regeneration. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. But that's just my Star Trek side coming out. Nah, there you go. Mine too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not mine. But, uh, I am a I, Miles has got me to watch more Star Trek than I ever did, but that's. Oh point. God! <laughs> yeah, I know. So he's converting me. No, I absolutely love the new movie, and uh, oh, I've, I've gone back because of that. I went back and watched all the movies, so tortured myself with that. But it was good. I enjoyed awesome. the process. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, how close? Let me ask this question: How close do we uh, are are we to something like this? Or how bizarre is this concept of having um, these? these physical manifestations of ourselves go out into society? I mean, technologically, I think we're several years off from it actually happening in the way that it's depicted in the movie. I don't think it'll ever be that extreme, but I think we are there in terms of a lot of the disconnects mm-hmm. and the, the stronger message that was in the movie. That So I, I wouldn't say we're there now, but I, I would say that we're headed there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Miles, what do you think of that? I'm reminded of the last minute of the season of the series finale of Battlestar Galactica when they kind of just show robotics and just show how robots are starting to become more human-like. And, you know, they show that that, that uh, video of that Asian woman robot. So, I mean, I, I, I think I agree. I mean, we're, we're not... We got a long way to go, but 
it's 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 not too far out there, I would think. Yeah, I mean, the reality is, is if you go online, you can find that not only that Asian girl, but they have a girl and a guy now kissing uh, these robotics, you know, kissing and stuff, and uh, and oh, they wow. and, and they and they look, they look, they look real. They look, uh, you know, they look, you know, they look Oriental. They look, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it, it's pretty. It's pretty eerie. It's pretty impressive, and nowhere near where the surrogates are. But you sure. know, people are playing with this. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I read some article like in Japan that there's a similar thing to dollhouse. They're not necessarily escorts, but it's people who are hired to play the roles of whatever the client wants. You know, so that sort of thing is happening where people are inventing identities to you know sort of create partners um, of whatever variety so i don't know if that segues segues us into dollhouse at all but that's something to put out there are you are you watching dollhouse i am i am i'm all caught up on this season And, and what are you thinking of this season well you know last season ended on such a high note i could not wait for season two to start and i felt like the the premiere episode vows was just kind of mediocre for me you know, I mean, Jamie Bamber was in it, which I was excited about, but I felt like anybody could have played his part. Not that he's, you know, not a good actor, but it was kind of a blow-off situation. But I just felt like it kind of failed in pleasing the hardcore fans like myself because it seemed like they glossed over a lot of stuff that the finale kind of built up. But then I don't think it succeeded in getting new viewers because it started kind of too complicated and assuming you actually cared about these characters. It wasn't general enough to bring in a newcomer. You'd have to kind of know who Paul is and, you know. Yeah. You know, and this is kind of unlike what Heroes did, whether we're, I mean, that's not a segue, but, you know, when Heroes started up this season, they kind of recapped, you know, how these Heroes kind of started for the first five, ten minutes of the show. Yeah, they took it back. And, yeah. we, and, we, and we have no recap for Dollhouse. We're just kind of dumped in here, you know, mm-hmm. and we see, uh, we see, what is it, Victor with the scars on his face. We don't really know how he got them. Um, and, uh, and we see Wh- Wh- Whiskey kind of going psycho, which is probably the most interesting part of that episode. Yeah, I loved her interactions. Yeah, and uh, and Topher kind of having to deal with it, and that was kind of fun. But you know, I didn't really care about Echo's character that much, or as you said, no. Jamie, Jamie Bamber's character. And I did. Miles and I were talking earlier that the second episode seemed a bit stronger, but yeah. still wasn't quite where I wanted it. But. Right, I agree. I mean, I think um, Instinct was a cool concept show, cool, cool concept episode. Um, but again, if you don't care about Echo and you don't really know who she is as a new viewer, you know, you may not want to tune in for another episode. Um, it, was, it was really cool as a concept, though, I think, that if you program her so well that she really truly believes she's this person and then she turns on everyone, in a sense, how do, right. you, how do you get bring her back? So I will say it's this. building up to a nice place, but I don't think it quite got there. It was kind of surprising after uh, he, uh, let's see, um, Topher wiped Echo, and and after she asked that, that th- thing I said, oh, did I fall asleep? Only for a little while. Then, bam, she slugs uh, uh, Topher. That yeah. came out. <laughs> that was an action moment, but it seemed out of character, out of out of what we've seen in the past. Yeah. How right. did she know to say that? Yeah. And it's you know because of the way they developed, you know, after they get wiped. The routine, the fact that they break that is just so shocking at that moment. Yeah, absolutely. It was cool, though, to see Miracle Laurie back. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah, we had a chance to interview her this summer and just had a great time. Just uh, She was so down to earth, and so we she were really glad it. to see her back. Mm-hmm, so, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we'll probably – I'll keep watching here for a little bit. I'm a huge, huge uh, Joss Whedon fan, so – I will too, and I just hope that you know, with it dropping twenty percent from the premiere, I hope it stays on the air. It's oh, kind of a bad sign that you know we see them tweeting, all the cast members tweeting about oh, know. you know, watch it on Hulu, download it, do something, <laughs> and uh, you see Eliza going on all these talk shows. She was on um, Letterman last night, and then she'll be on Jimmy Kim, no, Jimmy Fallon tonight. So they're really trying to pull out all the stops to get people to tune in because, I don't know, it's just not looking good. You know, 2.1 million viewers for the last episode. I have a feeling what's going to happen is, like last season, it it kind of – 
it, it started off slow, then got really good, and I think they probably they're saving their best for last. And I, I think it might be too little, too late. And that's a shame because a lot of my friends who are huge sci-fi fans and who like Joss's other stuff, they're like, yeah, I tuned into Dollhouse the first season, watched like two, three episodes, and it didn't hook me, so I'm not interested. Yeah. And I'm like, but you don't understand. By the sixth <laughs> or the seventh episode, it got so good. But they, they were already they already lost interest. They can't do that, especially this season. Yeah. Yeah, it's I don't. It, it is. And I just, uh, we were talking about it. It kind of reminds a little bit of the way uh, Terminator ended. Yeah. because it ended real strong but just wasn't enough to uh hook fox or even hook the viewers by the end yeah yeah so. what do you guys feel about all the uh, Battlestar galactica people turning up in this and, and and of course summer glow from terminator do you feel like it's stunt casting and like they're just trying to put big big names out there to reel people in or do you think it's uh you know appropriate that's hard to say i mean um it, there's probably a combination of both. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't blame people. them. <laughs> no, you can't. I, mean, I, I can tell you as a viewer watching mm-hmm. that, uh, it excites me because, you know, it's like, ooh, you know, I get to see more, uh, you know, Jane Bamber, more, uh, you know, Tom and Yeah, that's what I keep telling people. I'm and, like, and, if you like Battlestar Galactica, they're going to be on. Watch. Yeah. And, you know, so for me, it's like, it's exciting to see these, you know, they are not the same characters, but these familiar people that we've kind of fallen in love with. And you kind yeah, of say, people you really like. Yeah. And yeah. Summer Glau, especially as you followed her through Firefly and then in Terminator, which is great. Definitely. So, so were, you, were you a huge Firefly fan? I was, yeah. I mean, I am still. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. I think Tamo is really great on the show. He's, he's such an effective leading man. I think he's really likable and... I don't know. I, I like Paul Ballard, but yeah. I feel like this season his character kind of went—I don't know—in a different direction. It seemed like they—he was so against the Dollhouse to begin with, and then now he's working for them. And I just don't see how he can let Echo go through so many of these engagements and wipes when he clearly sees how much it's damaging her. They do kind of hint at the end of the—I uh, guess the instinct, the second episode here—that mm-hmm. that he's working at a way to free them all. Don't mm-hmm. they kind of that that whole scene in the park or outside the house there at the end? They oh, kind of right. they kind of that indicate that that there might they kind of hint that maybe there's more to Ballard than what they're revealing. And yeah, so I, I hope yeah. it. I it's hope building, so. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, or hopefully. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about heroes well, a little bit. Oh, did you want to say something else? Miles didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, um, just uh, we talked to Miracle. Uh, she had a lot of good things to say about uh, Tamal Panikit, um working with him. Um, just yeah. Uh, she, she had a lot of good things to say about him. That's cool. Yeah, I interviewed him. I do a lot of um, uh, interviewing at the creation conventions. I'm the host for creation TV for them, and he was at in Chicago yeah, I've seen uh, a sci-fi convention Yeah, for them. And I interviewed him back when he was on Battlestar, and he was just so down-to-earth and very funny and charming and kind of what you see is what you get. He, he seems like an actor with a lot, without a lot of pretense. Mm. So, yeah. cool I saw you, I saw you one interview with uh, JG Hertzler. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm sorry. That's funny. <laughs> thought, he was he was quite the character, wasn't he? Yeah, and I he pro- whatever he had in it, whatever drink he had in his hand. Oh, he was like, drinking scotch. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it all. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, you, you hung tough, but that had to be a tough one. Oh, my goodness. And then I saw him this year at Star Trek Las Vegas, and he actually remembered me, and he wanted to bump chess yet again. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he hunted me down uh, as Martok. <laughs> he was oh. dressed up in the full Klingon regalia. Oh, I wow. saw the pictures. Um, I, wish I, that, I wish I could have been at that convention. It was huge, and it was, it was really encouraging as a Star Trek fan, you know, from before the J.J. Abrams era, to see new fans, to see how mm-hmm. many especially female fans in their 20s and late teens dressed up and they were so into it, you know. And when I first became a Star Trek fan, everybody really embraced me, you know. So it's nice to see, like, the new generation of young women coming into this and giving it their all and, you know, coming to conventions. Because it takes a certain kind of fan to come to a convention. A lot of people are peripheral fans. Right, right. It's definitely cool to see some new blood. And uh, I I follow your friends... uh podcast i'm a regular listener of trekcast oh yeah cool i love the trekcast guys me yeah. too yeah. They're, they're, they're they're funny that's for sure yeah definitely but 
Let's talk about Heroes real quickly before we uh, mm-hmm. wrap this show. Uh, you're, you're watching Heroes, right? I am. And Miles, you, you're caught up, right? I, I am caught up on Heroes, okay, yeah. So we can talk about it and not uh, feel like we're spoiling it for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you been thinking about the uh, season so far? We have three episodes under our belt. How's this feeling to you? Um, the first episode, the two-parter, or the, the two-hour, I didn't feel was that strong to open but the second episode I thought was really strong. There was a lot of good Siler stuff with him harassing Matt. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> I love him. He seems more confident as an actor this season, just really into it. Um, so I'm loving all that. I'm not too keen on the whole carnival thing. I was expecting it to move along faster and be a little more interesting. And they seem pretty dull so far. You know, our Darth Maul, uh, Ray Park guy, and the tattoo girl. So I'm not sure where they're going with that, but I'm kind of growing tired of it already. Um, I loved the crazy ending last the last night with Siler. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but anybody who's seen it knows what I'm talking about. Oh, dude, that was crazy. I know, out of nowhere. <laughs> but and we were, we kind of chatted on Twitter today, like you know, the, you know, you're kind of going along the episode. It's just Marilyn Wayne, and boom, they just nail you there at the end. You're like. Oh my God, yeah. I, I got to wait a week. You know? I know. I hate that. It's like just when I think I'm like giving up on something, then they hit me with the cliffhanger. I'm like, oh, damn you. <laughs> I knew they couldn't kill him because, I mean, Siler has Claire's ability to basically to, to heal and regenerate, but you, you didn't know what was coming out of the ground, though. No. Yeah. What's going to happen to Nathan? You know, the, the, the guy that plays right. Nathan, you know, he's just kind of, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just love, well, it's interesting to see what, whatever they do to Matt Parkman every season. They usually do something really bad to him every every season. So that poor now, guy. Now, <laughs> now he has Siler in his head, and you know. It's so interesting, yeah. And and I, I'm I'm liking you know the the sense of humor with uh, Ando and Hero. That's that's been kind of cute with the Dial of Hero stuff, and and then the most recent episode with the guy who keeps trying to jump off the building <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> yeah. 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 I keeps, uh, photocopying his butt, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're keeping it light, but overall, I don't know. I just, I'm just not as hooked as I thought I would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a show. I think I'm going to, I'll probably, I'll give it a few more episodes here. Yeah. We'll I'll continue to watch. I say this, but I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. You know, yeah. there's, there's so much miles and I were just commenting earlier in the show that there's is, is so much good sci-fi. It seems like that's out this season. Uh, there that, is. That, that I'm just not, you know, I'm working a full-time job. Miles is going to school. You just don't have time to watch it all. Flash forwards out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Another Fringe. one I'm watching. Yeah. yeah. Are you watching Fringe? No, I'm not, but everybody tells me I should. Oh, you should. Yeah. Well, it, it was probably... <laughs> add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the, you know. Yeah. Put well, it into the... Gonna be in it. Yep. Before you know it, I'm not going to have any life. I'm going to be strapped down to a chair like in surrogates just watching things nonstop. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Believing it. But, you know, it's, uh, it, is, it, is, you know it, is, it is true that, you know, it's, it, there's so much out there that Smallville, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not keeping up with Smallville. I'm not keeping up with Flash Forward, even though I know I should. And uh, I just don't have time for all those shows. And then, you know, Stargate Universe de- debuted and then Sanctuary is debuting this, yeah, this Friday. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see that sci-fi is back. Oh, yeah. You know? Even if sometimes it's watered down, like in a flash-forward kind of sense, that it's not outwardly sci-fi. It still has sci-fi elements. Just, yeah. It's very cool to see all these unique shows yeah, on the air. Warehouse 13 kind of was that way. Uh, you mm-hmm, know, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was a sci-fi show, but it was in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I th- thanks so much, Mary, for coming on our show tonight. Absolutely welcome. You and know, it's nice to uh, cross pollinate with other sci-fi geeks, and that's not code. <laughs> no, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, by the way, uh, we might as well not chatted. We would love to have maybe closer to the release of the Trek movie that's coming out in November. Uh-huh. Um, maybe we can talk about maybe having you and Dayton on at the same time. Oh, that'd be very cool. Well, I would we, love to do that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we'll have to chat with Dayton and see what he. Uh, See what he says about that, and yeah, then we can do a force. We usually get, yeah, we usually get um, advanced screener copies of the movies before they come out. So, um, if anybody needs a copy to review it, we can always arrange some kind of setup where we mail somebody a copy ahead of time. Oh, that would be cool. 
Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. So, yeah, that, that, that would be cool. And then we could uh, talk about it. That, that movie's coming out when? I forget the actual date. I should uh, know this. I know it's in November. <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, I know. But I think, it's sure toward, the, I think it's toward the end. But Yeah. Uh, so we'll and, see. You know, I was thinking about surrogates, and I'm like, it's going to make a better DVD than it did a movie because you're going to get to learn about the technology. I hope so. I hope if they do it right, you know, that it'll be a very cool DVD because yeah. I love the extras. I love how they do sci-fi, you know, technology-based stuff on a DVD. I love seeing the behind-the-scenes footage, how they created the technology. So let's hope, let's hope maybe there's some deleted scenes that shed some oh, light yeah. on more of the emotional and social commentary. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at eighty million, eighty million dollars. It almost seems by like by today's standards, a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. For, for Especially itself. when you got such big name actors. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I guess it's, uh, it's you know, where's more is more of the money going into the actors or the tech that goes behind it? I don't know. Right, right. It's hard to say. I don't know what they paid those guys. Oh, by the way, Star Trek comes out November 17th on DVD and Blu-ray. I just looked that up. Oh, great. Thanks. (laughs) Uh I I, I could have been doing that instead of just chatting here, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) I'm being being a schlep tonight. That's all right. As long as you're not wearing a Snuggie. I am not. What's you with Snuggies? Like, Twitter, everything's everything's Snuggies. I don't actually own one, but everybody keeps teasing me about it. I'm like, you just wait. Right, right. Well, you know, when you get pictures, we'll post them on in a Snuggie, all right? Oh, that'd be funny. (laughs) So just email us. Maybe we should make a Star Trek Snuggie. That would be awesome. (laughs) It must get cold in Chicago. It does. It does. Yeah, is I'm it, dreading this winter. <laughs> is it? Is it? Has it been a cold fall, or you guys been? Yeah. Um, it's been a rainy fall, uh, and and it's it's dropped down recently. So yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll go to L.A. for the winter. Who knows? There you go. Well, here we've kind of degraded into weather. We know it's time to wrap up the show, and we do that. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, Mary, where can, pe- where can people find you? Where can they contact you, find out what okay. you're doing? Tell us a little bit about where we can kind of pimp um, your stuff here before we uh, say goodbye. Sure. Uh, the best place to um, listen to DVD Geeks or find out where we air on TV is dvdgeeks.tv. And you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash televixen. Cool. Very cool. Thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and talking about surrogates. Oh, you're welcome. Glad to help. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to listening to you guys. Oh, great. Well, thanks. Yeah, and I've definitely told some friends about the show. Oh, good, good. And maybe and we'll have to talk uh, when we get off, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll have to kind of s- set up our next date, so to say, to talk about uh, the release of Star Trek. Yeah, that would be wonderful. So probably about mid-November we'll be looking for that. but. Okay, cool. Great. Well, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Take care, Mary. All right. We'll Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Mary. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our conversation with the Vixen, with Televixen. That went well, Miles. That went great. Yeah, that was awesome. It was just great. Just great having that conversation about it and just allowing it kind of rabbit trail where it went. Yeah. Well, we should wrap up the show here, and uh, hopefully we haven't put you guys to sleep. It's awesome having a female presence on the show, like we said. If you want to support this show, you, of course, can uh, visit the Sci-Fi Diner podcast support page. We have tons of information there. Don't forget to vote for us for the podcastawards.com, the 2009 awards. You can uh, nominate us in the entertainment category and in, what did I say, People's Choice Award. That would be great. Also, Interact with the community. We have a great community going in on on the show notes. Our show notes will give you more than any other information we gave you here in the show. And we would love to have your thoughts on what we're saying. And if and by all means, if we're not talking about something you want us to talk about, let us know. We would we want to talk about it. We're not trying to ignore you, you know. We you know, we, we want to include you here. And uh, we want to thanks everyone wanna thank everyone that interacts with us on Twitter, both at the Sci-Fi Diner Twitter, the at Sci-Fi Diner. And uh, you can also as it always, follow me, Hertzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. I'm on that Twitter a lot as well. And Miles, where are you at? I am Son of Warf at Twitter, and I also have a Trek Space account, uh, Son of Warf at Trek Space. And he's boldly going where no man has gone before, or boldly going at least. And, <laughs> and uh, if you are a podcaster, you have promos. We want to play your promos in the show. We only got to air one tonight because of the way the show went, but that's all right. We still want your promos. And... um yeah, if you get a chance, check out MySciFiStore.com, a great place to buy your sci-fi uh, DVDs, merchandise, and other stuff that you want to buy. And uh, don't forget to prove your geek, pr- geek cred. Trivia, a good trivia here, iRobot Trivia. 
Great, great stuff. Miles, what's our email? Our email is we are at sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, by the way, the other way you can do it, if you, you know, have your iPhone and you're out of the States and you, you want to contribute a voicemail, but you don't, you're unable to do it. You can send us audio files, MP3 format preferred. You can respond, you know, give your thoughts on what we're talking about, even the surrogates movie, and we'll play them. I can do that. You know, we can do that. You can always call 1-888-508-4343 and leave your message there if you're in the States. And uh, we'll about it. Uh, until next week, we will catch you later. Till then, good night and good luck. Good night.